So Anya, I just taught Smudge a brand new trick. You want to know what it is? Yes. Okay. So I look at his sweet little eyes and I say, Smudgy, boop. And he comes over and he puts his nosy against mine. Isn't that sweet? It is sweet. And I want to know why you're telling me this. Well, I'm telling you this because today's episode is about boople snoot. It's perfect, right? It is perfect. All right. Boop. <laughs> I like that. We're really excited. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll try to make this fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. All about, I'm excited to learn all about Russell. So <laughs> first of all, I... You create so much content about your dog. I feel like I see a post daily about Russell or your love for Russell. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you do? You, you this, this is not your full-time job, maybe. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you do outside of uh, creating these amazing videos? Yeah. So I work for a local nonprofit, actually, and I recruit volunteers for them. Okay. So it's a okay. lot different than what I do. I'm creating social media content. Um, yeah, but I love what I do. I actually work for Atlanta Habitat for Humanity. So we build homes. Um, and so I recruit volunteers for that. And we have about 13,000 volunteers every year. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And we'll just get right into it, though. I, I want to know, you know, when you first got Russell, what what was the story behind that when you met him? I don't know if you got him at you saw him at the shelter or online. Um, what was the genesis of that? Yeah, so me and my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time. We were talking about getting a dog for a long time, and before we got a dog, he said that we'll have to name it Boople Snoot. He just loves the name Boople Snoot, and I was like. Sure, but you can't really name a dog Booble Snoot. Like when you go to the vet's office, it's like if a vet is like Booble Snoot, like it's just like you can't name a dog Booble Snoot. But I was like, okay, like we'll name our dog Booble Snoot whenever we get one. Like I just said, okay, for that. And so I was looking at dogs in the shelter, online and everything. So we actually came across Russell on Craigslist, which I do not recommend buying a dog on on Craigslist. But this family was rehoming Russell because they could no longer take care of him and he was a puppy and I was like this is perfect they said he was a full-bred Australian shepherd <laughs> which he's not he's definitely <laughs> so, not if you have not seen her page yet he's definitely not, not. A <laughs> he's definitely not. Australian shepherd. yes so but when he's a puppy like you don't know like I just thought he was a tricolor Aussie and so we we drove out into like Jonesboro, which is kind of like 45 to an hour minute, an hour away from Atlanta to go get Russell. We met at like a Walmart parking lot and this family just had, it was a, fa- a family that had a dog and they would just like looked so sad to get rid of him. And Russell was not very playful. And I just thought maybe he was nervous. I didn't know what was going on. And they gave us all these like handwritten vet records that they made up themselves um, it was very sketchy, but I, I, I saw him and I was like, this is our dog. Like we, I, no matter what happens, like we're going to be home with this dog. Like we made this hour long trek out here. We're coming home with this dog. And so we ended up bringing him home. I don't know if you want me to get into this story yeah, yeah, yeah. of Russell. So we ended up bringing him home and he was kind of still not as playful as a normal puppy. And so we were a little concerned, but we're like, we'll take him to the vet. We don't know like what he's gone through. And so he started the next morning throwing up. 
So we were really concerned. And so we took him to the vet and they said that he had worms. And I was like, okay, that's normal for a puppy to have worms. Like we'll just do the deworming medication. And then we did the medication and he started throwing up more, more diarrhea was even less playful than he was earlier. And then we took him back to the vet. The vet wanted us to take him to a hospital but we're like, no, we're coming back to you. Cause if you go to a vet within 24 hours, it's free. Like if you go for your follow-up visit. <laughs> and so we are like, we're going back to the same vet. And I realized he didn't want us to come back because they probably knew that he had Parvo and they didn't want us to infect their office. Um, and if any of the listeners don't know what Parvo is, it's very deadly for puppies. Um, it attacks their immune system and they basically are unable. It's like to the eat. worst thing that could happen to a puppy. Yeah. They're basically unable to eat or drink and they usually die of dehydration and starvation. And so we did the parvo test at the vet and it was the worst news we could have gotten. We were sobbing in the vet's office and my fiance who was there, his grandma actually just passed away a couple months prior. And so this dog was kind of like a new breath of life to him. And for us to have him for only a couple days and like get this news that he could die and the vet was not very, the vet literally said, it's a 50-50 shot. We don't know what we can do. I was like looking into other options. Like they said hospitalizing him was going to cost like seven grand, like three to seven grand um, to hospitalize him. Or they could give us all of the equipment and we could do it at home for only around $100. So we were like, I guess we're going to become vet techs and learn how to take care of Parvo at home because we do not have this amount of money to be able to hospitalize a dog that we've only had for two to three days. And we got the equipment. They taught taught us how to do the IV into his back, um, which is very traumatizing to be able to learn how to do. And, um, but that's like basically the only way that he, he didn't eat or drink for three days. Um, so that was the only way, um, that he was able to get anything down was through the IV through his back. And Omar, my, uh, boyfriend at the time, now husband started playing music. We were too scared that if he fell asleep, that he wasn't going to wake up. So we were trying to find ways to keep him awake. I know he probably should have rested, but we were too scared that if he fell asleep, he wasn't going to wake back up. So we started playing music for him, which we learned that he really loves music. Um, my fiance, my husband knows how to play guitar. Um, so he played guitar for him and he just started to eventually spring and start acting like a normal puppy. Um, we took him back to the vet a couple days later and they said that he was the most lively parvo puppy they've ever experienced. Um, so it was a, a miracle that he was able to survive. Um, it, really it really was through through medicine and music um, to be able to bring him back to life. It really, I mean, it's an incredible story because when I, you just saw Smudge who jumped up on on top of me. (laughs) There, he's he's hungry. This is his way of telling me to feed him. But when I first made his Instagram and I started to meet other people in the dog community and the Aussie community, I cannot tell you how many people I met who posted stories about their puppy having parvo and then passing away from it. It was so sad. It was like one day, you know, they're posting cute pictures on Instagram. The next day, the dog isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was all Parvo related. I didn't know anybody who had gotten Parvo and had successfully been able to treat it. I mean, it's it's incredible that you guys got through that. 
Yeah, most definitely. And actually, we think so. He still has stomach problems to this day. It's very sensitive stomach. And the vet also thought he was going to be around 80 pounds, um, which we were not expecting. We were getting an Australian Shepherd. We were not expecting an 80 pound dog. But the parvo stunted his growth. We think it stunted his growth. Um, so now he's only around 52 pounds. And I think he's the perfect size. <laughs> Definitely for my apartment, he's the perfect size. Uh, but his paws are a little bit like bigger for his body. Uh, so some people think that he's still a puppy when we see him. Um, but yeah, this, there's long lasting side effects. I've met other um, some people who have had parvo puppies have been in my DMs saying that they like, have you experienced stomach issues with your dog? And I was like, yeah. And so we kind of like share what our issues are together um, with other parvo survivors. I, I imagine just the, the having to take care of him and basically nurse him back to life definitely created a different bond mm-hmm. with him that otherwise you may have had if you had not gone through that experience with him so early on. Yeah, that's um, actually, this was my husband's first dog ever. And so this was a significant impact that he was able to get this close to the dog that I was like, this is like your star dog. My, my star dog that I had was like when I was like in elementary school, growing up through high school, my like, it was a giant snouser that my mom had. And I was obsessed with it. And that was like my my star dog and now Russell's becoming my star dog, but, um, definitely for Omar, I'm like, no dog is ever going to be able to compete with the like love that you guys have for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you decided to start making content about Russell, what prompted that? And, you know, were you thinking, Oh, I'm going to create a large account around him or was this just, I'm going to have fun making little videos about my dog. So it started with Instagram. I just noticed that I posted a lot of photos on my own personal page of my dog. I think that's what starts a lot of people to create their own page is that they're like, my whole page is just becoming dedicated to my dog. I might as well start my own page for him. Yeah, that's what I so, did. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So basically I was like, tell all my friends, like, follow this page. You can see my dog grow up. Um, so I started, I forget how old he was. He was still a puppy maybe around like five or six months, we started an Instagram for him. Um, and we started like with puppy photos and kind of brought everybody up to like what he looks like now. And then in February of 2020 is when I started my TikTok. Uh, so literally right before the pandemic started. <laughs> so I kind of got on the curve before everyone else did. So I feel like everyone downloaded it during the pandemic. Um, but I started a month before and I just uploaded a video of Russell growing up through all of his different ages. And it like blew up, got like over 700,000 likes on it. And it was like one of my first five videos. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, and that was like a lot back then. I know people get like millions now, but like 700,000 back in like 2020 was a lot of likes. And yeah, and then like the Today Show commented on it. And I was like, oh my God, I was freaking out. I was like, this is big time. And so I just started started posting um, just during the pandemic, like things that were going on. And sorry, my dog's barking now. Um, <laughs> he wants to join the podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so I just started posting like things during the pandemic, like your dog getting sick of you for being home too much, like things like that. And it just kind of expanded um, from that. And then um, 
of course, TikTok started to like pay creators for, for, for posting. And I was like, I would do this for free. I was like, I would do this all for free. Um, and then, yeah, it just, it's just kind of a spiral into like something else where it's just like become my daily life is posting on TikTok and Instagram. For people that haven't seen your account, um, I guess the, the, the thing that's interesting for me about the content that you post compared to other accounts is oftentimes Russell is not even in the video. Mm-hmm. So it's an animal influencer account, but you're talking about Russell still in a lot of these videos. Um, and I'm curious, I guess, like the thought process behind that, because I feel like most animal accounts, the animals prominently in every single video and he's, and he's not. Yeah. Uh, so I basically think of my content as like dog mom content, things that are just relatable. And sometimes like the audio and stuff, like they're just like not a good moment to bring your dog in. It's mostly like if I'm lip syncing, it's just kind of like that, that's what it is. And I think of my content also kind of more, I feel like a lot of dog content is aimed towards children. And I feel like my content is not really aimed towards children in a lot of ways. There's some content that, yeah, it's good for kids. Um, But a lot of my stuff is more for like millennial dog moms that like, I feel like that's what the market people haven't really tapped into that I'm trying to tap into is more like the older adult. Because apparently like, I think they said like half of millennials own dogs or something like that. It's some crazy statistic. And I'm like, I want to like reach those viewers of like, this is what a dog bomb feels like in these scenarios. Like when your dog is licking their paws at 3 a.m. Like that's, that's totally. the content I'm looking That's to what make. we can relate to because we're the, at the end of the day, we're the ones taking care of these animals. And like mm-hmm. some of us, it's like your first experience with a child or a childlike entity. And it's, yeah, I, I think it's so cool that that's the space that you focus on. I think that's one that Ani and I are interested in as well, sort of the millennial pet parent. And it's like, if anyone wants to know like where all of my money went and like you pan and we see like you're, you know, we see Russell on the floor, just kind of like smiling, having a toy or a snack. It's like, yep. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I think it's like so much fun. I mostly love videos when Russell's in it, but sometimes he's just like so over it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of good, dog creators where the dog is like always able to smile and pose correctly and like do all these tricks and like Russell's not really like that kind of dog he's just like a normal millennial dog that I own that is just part of my content and um it's kind of a niche that I'm in and also like the mutt owner niche that I'm in because a lot of like creators are like purebred dog owners. And I'm trying to like speak to people who don't own purebred dogs to say like, you were also seen in these like videos, like not everybody has a purebred dog. Some people have like rescues and other things. And um, that's what really I'm trying to reach is like those people who have rescues and other dog owners that are just kind of like average like me. But he's I, a good boy. I, I feel like he really like, oh, he's I think great, of, like yeah. you know, hashtag good boy. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's Russell. Like he is that hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. I relate to the, I guess like the comment about posing and that kind of stuff, because I try to get my dog to pose for photos. And the main thing that she always looks like is just sad. 
in her photos. So I'm like, I don't really want to post sad photos of my dog constantly. I know. I heard if you like run around, like make your dog, like I get a treat and like make him like run around the house to like make him smile sometimes. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that's what I heard. I forgot another content creator said that as like a tip. And I was like, oh, that's a good tip. But yeah. I mostly I can't always run I- around my apartment. If I'm getting happy photos of Ruthie, it's when we're outside and she's been running around and she's just tired and Mm -hmm. her tongue's hanging out and she looks like she's having the time of her life, but really she's just asking for water. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) I mean, one you're talking about, I guess, like, you know, just, and I say this with love, like generic general dogs, Mm-hmm. Uh, on the uh, who you know that are mutts. I re- I remember one of the posts that you posted not too long ago, but someone said that you base your whole personality <laughs> around <laughs> your generic dog. your <laughs> generic AF dog. First yeah. of all, very rude <laughs> for them to I say know. that. The hate comments are feel, real. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't feel Russell is generic, but mm-hmm. I also yeah. am curious on your take if. I mean, I have my opinions on this, but is there really anything wrong with basing your personality off of your dog? (laughs) No, I don't think so at all. That's my whole page is basically my whole personality around my dog. I think that it, it gives you like an outlet. I feel that like creating, creating is kind of an outlet that I have. Like I struggle with anxiety and like to be able to kind of like give a personality that's part of my personality is like being a dog mom. Cause a lot of people like, some people base their whole life around their children. Like that's like they're motherly and they base their life around their children. And I feel like that's like me being motherly to my dog is me basing my whole life around him because he is my world. And I do have a life outside of him, but I really like, I like that side of me, that nurturing side, that uh, average dog mom side that it's relatable. It's, that's what the, online community has given me so much like I post something sometimes I run it by my husband first and I'm like do you ever feel like this and like he'll be like no or like yes and then I'll post it or I won't post it and sometimes I post stuff that is kind of like so far-fetched that I'm like I hope somebody relates to this and like people do it's it's amazing I do think that's one thing about your content is it feels very I realize this is the most overused word ever but very authentic like authentic to Russell and just like authentic to you guys as millennial pet owners. But Ani and I know in reality, you know, the content that seems very off the cuff and it just, oh, it just occurred to me actually requires a lot of thought and often Mm -hmm. a lot of planning. How much time do you typically spend, you know, thinking up content ideas? How much time does Russell's account usually, you know, take in whether it's your day or your week? I don't know. So I do have a full-time job. (laughs) So I, in spare moments, I'll be able to scroll. And so what I really try to be is like the first on a trend. Like there's like dog trends, but I try to be the first on like an audio that hasn't been used by the dog community first is that that's what I try to jump on. Is like, Oh, this has only been used by the dance, like the dance TikTok dance community or something. And I'm like, okay, well I'll try to like mix that into Russell's life and um, I kind of always have ideas that are always funny in the back of my head like the dog licking his paws at 3 a.m like that's always funny it's always going to work no matter what audio I use there's somebody who's going to relate to it and so 
occasionally, like, I think it just like comes on to me. Like I just, when I think of something, I immediately have to create, like there was a video that I made last night with my husband and he was like, I don't want to make a TikTok right now. And I'm like, we have to, I'm like, just not thinking of it. We're going to be the first on the audio using it with a dog. Like we have to do it now. <laughs> so that's just how my mind kind of works. Is just kind of like creating something and like trying to be the first on a trend. So that's usually how you're able to get virals by being the first on a trend. Um, using well, it your, way. your husband needs to know that Russell could end up being like a, a meal ticket one day. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm trying to tell him. Like, come on. We, we could end up being like Doug the Pug. You don't know. Like, that can be You never life. know. Yeah. <laughs> And you actually offer social media coaching for people who want to turn their animals into yeah. influencers. And without giving away too much of, of your curriculum, what's, a, I guess, like a generic piece of advice that you would give for people who are wanting to start accounts like yours? Yeah. So I don't mind giving away all, all my secrets. I have a lot in this, my brain. <laughs> I'm able to kind of, kind of come up with it. So it, it really depends on like, what people are trying to create. I talked to somebody who's trying to start like a yoga page with her dog, someone who's trying to like create just a generic dog page and just kind of um, just kind of just create, just creating things that you think of. Um, but one advice that I have is that there's kind of a couple different ways to go viral. So one is to be inspiring. So those inspirational videos like Russell with Parvo, it's very inspiring. And people love seeing inspiring videos. Uh, the other way is to be entertaining um, and entertaining, like lip syncing videos, everything like that. Um, people love entertaining videos. Um, another way is educational. So um, sharing about Parvo, how, how vaccines are important, um, other stuff like that, just educational videos, what you can and cannot feed your dog. Uh, those videos kind of pop off. And then my last one that I kind of added on there is to be controversial. <laughs> Because those videos tend to go viral. Um, I had a girl that I spoke to and she like shared her fork with her dog and it like blew up because people were like, how dare you share your fork with your dog and like eat off of it. And so some people think that's gross, but like that video, I feel like it didn't, it didn't really want to go viral for those reasons, but it ended up going viral for those reasons. And being controversial, I feel like it's another way to kind of um, kind of on there. So those are kind of my tips that I have. Oh my for gosh. People who are trying to. <laughs> I, I just made a Doug the pug face just there when you mentioned the fork thing. I <laughs> love smudge and he eats great quality food, but I cannot say that I would like to share. <laughs> and he I kiss, I kiss my smudge. dog. I like the word. I'm, I'm, my mouth has been oh all over gosh. my dog's mouth. I, I'm, I haven't shared a fork with, with him before, but I don't, I don't see anything too wrong with it. Who do you I'm kiss more, your husband or your dog? <laughs> oh, it's kind oh, of equal. Good. I feel like he would say it's too. We're both. That's what um, my husband, he picks up our dog. So our dog is like 52 pounds and he picks him up and like kisses him like every single day. And that's just, that's why I think he probably kisses Russell more than he kisses me. Cause he just like, it's every single day, like picks him up, brings him on the couch and like, just gives him all these kisses. Um, yeah, I think that we're both equally in love with Russell. In addition to giving people you know, advice, coaching on how they can make their social content really strong and really engaging, is there a common piece of advice that you find yourself 
you know, giving folks about mistakes that they make? Like, is there a common mistake that you feel like a lot of accounts make when they're just getting started as they're trying to grow their followers? I would say a common mistake, it's not really doing with like dealing with content, but more working with brands. I find that a lot of people sell themselves short. And if you're going to make content with for a brand um, to basically don't sell yourself for free, um, mostly because you're making, if you're making good quality content, you're spending your time and effort on something that you should be compensated as such. So that's kind of my advice is that forever I was like, doing stuff for free. And I didn't even know people were making money on the, the app. And I was like, Oh, people get paid for this. That's kind of like the, what's the, we are the Millers that kind of like people are getting paid for this. So I had no idea. And so that's kind of my advice is that if, especially if you're reached out to like a big brand, they definitely have the capacity to be able to pay a creator for what they're, what they're doing. And if you're able to deliver good quality content, then don't sell yourself short. Um, and then as far as just like Russell's personality, how, how would you describe his personality overall? The word that I always give to him is rambunctious. He's just very rambunctious. Um, he like gets in a playful mood. That's he, the like, Aussie war- blood. <laughs> he has no Australian Shepherd in him at all. <laughs> no Australian Shepherd at all. Um, so he is a lab for pe- the listeners to try to imagine if you guys haven't seen Russell, he's a Labrador retriever, an American pit bull terrier, um, a chow chow. What else? A Rottweiler, which most people see the Rottweiler in him, but he only is 8% Rottweiler. He has like the markings, the eyebrows um, to make kind of make him look like that. But um, yeah, he's only 8% Rotty. And so, yeah, I always say that he's rambunctious. He is very, I don't know. I feel like we love on him more than I feel like there's a lot of dogs that are very cuddly online, but he's not so much the like, he's more of a like giving my space type of dog. Um, but he loves to play. That's his favorite thing. Today I told him we were going on a walk and he freaked out and like ran around the house. He has a very happy, happy face. I feel like just yeah. the stuff, like it just, Looks like he's always smiling, is curious and mm-hmm. ready to go. If you're if you're getting ready to go on an adventure, he's ready to go on the adventure with you. Yeah. The eyebrows help his expressions even yeah. more. When he was a puppy, he looked kind of evil. That's why I make all those videos when he's a puppy, they're like the evil eyebrows. He they did look evil at the beginning. Um, but I He does have great eyebrows. I'm thinking of going to the person that does mine and and showing a picture Russell. of his. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me a Russell. Give me the Russell eyebrows. <laughs> That's funny. And, Julie, do you and, Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I want to ask like also um you know, the white space that you've found has been this sort of millennial pet parent audience. What are some other white spaces that you think are out there? in I'll say dog content, but maybe more broadly like pet or animal content on the internet. I definitely say more mutt owners should be, I feel that a lot of mutt owners are scared to go on the internet because they just don't get the amount of attention that the, the, the purebred dogs get. So I feel like there's a lot of people that, that want that. The same with like older dogs, definitely there's a space for them on the internet. It's welcome to everybody. I feel like the more that we have different creators online, the more that they're, they'll be accepted into the community and they'll get more attention than um, those, I would say like traditional dogs that you mostly see on the internet. Um, 
I would say I, I really like the mental health space as well. It's kind of like what I also tap into is like why, like having Russell is my emotional support animal, which I know like gets tossed around a lot. And a lot of people are like, you don't need one. And I'm like, talk to my psychiatrist. <laughs> I definitely need one. Um, so that's what I feel like a lot of people like use dogs for good, like service animal dogs, which are different than ESAs. Um, but I feel like there's more, more room for them on the internet to be able to show like the positive side of owning a dog and the beneficial side, especially for people to be more open with their mental health um, on the internet. That's really interesting. Yeah, I actually did have a question that I w- was going to ask you about that because you do call him your therapist a lot, I feel yeah. like, on your page. <laughs> I would say that he is, <laughs> he is my therapist. I, I just feel like it's so calming, like that dog just bring with that calming presence. They just know, they just kind of sense your feelings and everything like that. And just, um, he like helps me. Like, I feel like before I go to bed at night, I'm always just like petting him and like able to like calm me down before bed and just like able to just do so much, um, for me that I feel like a lot of people haven't maybe have, don't know that you can use that your pets can help you with your mental health. Yeah, no, I mean, I I got Ruthie during the pandemic um, and she, it it changed my life considerably in Mm -hmm. in ways that I did not anticipate. Like I knew that it was going to be nice to have a dog and have a companion, but I feel like she's elevated my spirits in ways that I can't really quantify. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think sometimes people, there is an underestimation at times with, the joy that animals can bring into your life. But I also think it is very, it, it, it also depends on, I think, why a person gets an animal too mm-hmm. and, and the situation of how they get that animal. And it, yeah. I think, it, you know, you can't got Russell out of like a place out of love and it seems like you were obviously too, just the journey that you had with him in the beginning with Parvo and, Mm-hmm. you know, getting him through that to the other side. Um, definitely, as we talked about earlier, built a very different type of connection that maybe people normally wouldn't have with the dog from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think that. And we, we've talked about this before a little bit, Anya. I think when you have a pet, it's just even like the day-to-day, you know, tasks that you do to take care of them. I think it helps, like, you know, when I, I may not want to like, get up early and go to the gym or go to work on time, but I have to get up to take the dog out. And then, okay, well, I'm able to do that. So now I can go do this other thing and then I can get this other thing done. And I feel like it, it helps give you, you know, moments where you're really not motivated. It can just help give you the motivation or the confidence to tackle other tasks that perhaps seem, you know, otherwise mundane or, you know, out of reach, whatever it is. And I think he, he helps keep me motivated even, even on those mornings where I really don't want to get out of bed because it's cold and dark. Yeah. Yeah. Especially during the winter time. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely during the winter time. I feel like he also like this morning, like I didn't even, I like didn't even want to get ready, but I was like, you know what? I want to make some videos with Russell. Like, I, like let's like put on a face of a little, little bit of makeup and like let's make some videos. It kind of like takes my mind off of like my stressors of my life. So it definitely, definitely brings joy. And I, I find like creating your own social, like a social media for a pet, is therapeutic because, like I said earlier, you're kind of like living through this like life, different like lifestyle lens that you have as like a p- component of you that's like 
a good, a good aspect of your life that you're able to like live and show to everyone. Totally. Do you think he, does he know when it's camera time? Like, does he know when content time is here? Can he somehow sense that there's some sort of game that you're playing or just like interaction that maybe feels a little different than your normal, you know, dinner time or park interactions? Yeah, I would say there's like a, a chair. We have like a chair in the house that like we record a lot of content on and I have a treat and then he's like, okay, I got to get up in this chair again. Like I know that we're going to be making some content. I feel like he knows. Um, but sometimes when we're outside, he has like no, no idea what's going on, which is like why we don't really record a lot of outside content because he's not really that behaved when we're outside. Um, but yeah, there's some times that he, I feel like he knows. Do you have a personal favorite video that you've created so far out of out of all of them? Um, that's so hard. My current favorite, which somebody remade and got way more likes than me, which I'm a little upset about, <laughs> but they um it's like when I come home from work and I like basically like move my husband out of the way and like go straight to my dog. That's like my current favorite one that I find is hilarious that I'm like <laughs> and I think it's like the white chicks like lip syncing video to it saying like move me like get out of the way <laughs> um, but that's currently my favorite one I really want to repost it again because I love it so much um but that's like how it feels like when I get coming from work it's like move out of my way I'm gonna spend like dog time um but I, I, I mean yeah most of oh, my go videos, ahead. videos like are true like also like me coming home from work and like Russell being like really excited like those are like really true videos of like, that's what it's like. That's, I'm sure everyone feels that way. And that's why it's like authentic that like, that's what I experience when I come home from work. And I know other people feel the same. I actually shared something yesterday and I, I do do this sometimes and it ties in a little bit to the mental health side. But sometimes if I'm like feeling really sad or down, I will walk out of my apartment for like one or two minutes, stand outside the door and then come back in just to get the reaction of Ruthie That's being great. excited to see me again, even though it's like been two minutes. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy that you're back. That's so great. And it immediately just like lifts my spirits. <laughs> That's another video that I made actually made today of like the the trend where people are like calling themselves like ugly and stuff. And then they're they're saying that you're talking to your, your younger self. It's kind of a trend that's going on right now um, on TikTok. But I kind of switched it and said like, you're call, like calling yourself ugly, but your dog thinks that you're like the most beautiful human being on the planet. And that's, I feel like everyone feels that, feels that way. It's like, you can talk yourself down as much as you want, but it's like your dog thinks that you're like the superhuman that's able to like do anything. Yeah, they do. Which is inspiring content. You know, if I see yeah. something like that, I'm like, this is so wonderful. Like you know, this person means the world to this little creature. And you know, I, I don't know if that falls into the inspiring bucket, but I think it's inspiring. Yeah, inspiring, entertaining, yeah. I definitely think, too, your content, there's just a, a pureness to it. Aww, like, there, you. You, can, you can definitely feel the love for Russell, even if he's not in the video, but just, like, talking about those general things that we do think about. Like, I mean, the, I, the alarm video that you posted recently of, like, basically like hitting snooze over and over again so that you can stay in bed cuddling your dog yeah. a little bit longer. Like I've definitely done that. <laughs> and there's yeah. just a relatability and pureness um, uh, around the content that you create. Yeah. Because it's real life. It's real life. Most of my stuff just comes 
from things that I'm able to think of that I'm like, this is what really, really happens. What, what life is like with a dog. And that's what like some people who are like go viral have like, I've seen people who have like rooms in their house for their dog or like the dog's able to do special tricks. And I'm like, really like my, mine is just like trying to be like more relatable. I feel like those people like go viral because people are like, Oh, I wish my life was like this. Like I wish that I was able to like, have a room for my dog or are able to teach my dog all these tricks and stuff. Um, but really it's like, for me, it's like, I, I don't really like, I, I wish my dog was better trained. Like, of course, I think everybody wished their dog was better trained. Um, but I feel like the, what, what I like to give people is like, you're, you're seeing, this is what, what like the dog is like. Well, we have just a handful of questions left, but they're more rapid fire type type of questions. Okay, I'll try my best. Uh, <laughs> if if you could say one thing to Russell and you knew he would understand what you were saying, what would it be? Um, probably, I don't know. I know I'd say that I love him and that I he's, I'm going to remember him for the rest of my life. That's probably what I'd say to him. That's very sweet. And if Russell had a human voice, what do you imagine he would sound like? And can you do an impersonation of oh, his no. voice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really like the, I can't do an impression, but I liked when TikTok had those like Disney filters on them and they had like the rocket, the rocket, Rocket Raccoon voice, the like raspy, I don't know why, but I like doing, putting Russell's voice to that. Um, too bad it's gone, but that's one of the voice that I really liked for Russell. Um, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I feel like he would have like a Lilo and Stitch voice, like something that's like kind of higher pitched. Like it really depends on like the mood that I feel like Russell's in is like the voice that I would give him. And then if, if he if Russell were to give a piece of advice to someone who was feeling sad, what would that piece of advice be? I would say probably from his Parvo, so, um, his Parvo story that he would probably say, like, just keep going that, that he was barely holding on when he was a puppy. And that I think just keep going is what kept him to be able to survive is just like kind of holding on. And I guess finding, finding people around you to keep you like your spirits up. Cause I feel like that's what we were to him. It's like, you need that like extra, extra boost and like that community to be able to boost you up. Those are great answers. You did great. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So good. So sweet. <laughs> He's a sweet boy. <laughs> he is. Well, I hope I get the opportunity and pleasure of meeting him one day and, and yourself and, Thank you again for taking the time to chat with us and share a little bit about his journey and your content creation journey too in this space. And I can't wait to see your next video. Thank you for having me. I'll have probably five up tomorrow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we will be there. We are there yes. for it. Awesome. Thank awesome. you for having me. Thank, thanks, Shelby. Well, that was really cool. I, um, I found that conversation to be very inspiring in some somewhat unexpected ways, you know, both the experience that she went through with Russell when he was sick as a puppy, but just her account in general. I think it's like whenever people can find white space in a crowded one, 
And it's always really interesting. And she did find that. You know, she found this really specific voice, specific identity as the millennial dog mom. And to me, it seemed like something so familiar, but also different because I hadn't seen it before. But those are experiences that you and I obviously know, a lot of our friends know. And to see somebody articulate that identity, like millennial dog mom, like this is what your life is like. I just, I, I love that. I thought it was so spot on. And her content to me is also very natural. It comes across as not super contrived. It's very, you know, straightforward. But I mean, I say that knowing how much time actually goes into this behind the scenes. And she creates a lot of content. Like she posts a lot, which, I mean, I feel like most of the accounts that I follow just in general, I mean, they maybe post once a day or a handful of times a week, but she sometimes posts multiple times a day. And she's she's just like an idea machine, <laughs> which is... I, I'd like to hang out in her brain sometime just to see like how she comes up with all of these ideas. And <laughs> sh- sh- you know, I'm still figuring out how to make reels, you know, and the fact that she's able to pump out so many, uh, I actually really admire. But, you know, I think the other thing that was really fascinating about the conversation was when she was talking about, you know, inspiring content and educational content too. And, and that being something that she tells people who are asking for advice on maybe how to turn their animals into influencers as those being hallmarks as far as things that people seem to really connect with. And, and I think you and I have talked a little bit about that before as far as the, con- the animal content space um, and why we like it. And I would say I'm probably drawn more to the inspirational slash funny content with, with animals. Luckily, I haven't had a lot of I haven't really had any health issues with Ruth. The other one, she ate duck poop once and she got worms and I had to go get that taken care of. But, you know, the Parvo thing, as far as how she used her platform to really help and educate a lot of people around Parvo, um, I think that's where social media in the animal space is incredibly powerful and useful Um, where you can't always go to a vet and get the information that you need. You may live in an area too where you don't have easy access to a a vet. Or you may not even know that you need to go to the vet. You may not even know that you need to go. Yeah. I was shocked. I was at the dog park a few weeks ago and this couple comes in with a very, very small like husky mixed puppy. And I looked at them and I was like, how old is that dog? And they told me, and I was like, you know, like my dog's vaccinated, but not every dog that comes here is. And they were like, oh, well, you know, he's got his shots. I was like, no, he doesn't have his shots. He doesn't have all his shots until he's four months and he's not four months. And they had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, I'm not trying to kick you out of the park. Like you're welcome to stay, but I'm just telling you that you're putting your dog at risk right now. And they just, they had no clue. I was like, how do you even get a dog and not know that? But is people don't know a lot of things if it's not on social media. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, I think with animals in particular, we, you know, we're so excited to show them off too once we get a puppy and we don't think about, so it, it's, I think our excitement overtakes common sense and <laughs> wanting to show the puppy off and bring it outside and everything and not really thinking about the consequences that can come with that. 
And so that's where I found social media, though, to be really interesting with educating people around how to take care of your animals. And the fact that she was able to use her platform specifically around Parvo to educate people around that. And I honestly didn't know what Parvo was until within like the last year and a half and how bad, you know, and deadly it is. Um, And I've had dogs my whole life. So, I mean, you're talking about someone who grew up with dogs and that was something that I just learned at 33 years old. So I don't even think, it's not an intentional thing. I think we're people who are trying to be miseducated or uneducated about stuff, but just an unawareness of it because it's just not information that's like put out in the ether for everyone to widely know about. But um, she's great. I I feel like we need to have like a dog mom retreat. Maybe that's something we can think about putting together sometime. So any listeners who want to just get a large Airbnb, only only dog moms. Sorry, dog dads, you're not invited. It's only dog moms. I love this. I love this. And we have to have we need puppy to have yoga. a dog mom retreat. Yeah, yes. dog mom retreat, <laughs> puppy yoga, some pup tails. Okay, I've got ideas. Anya, as always, <laughs> some of, as you guys will find out, some of Anya's ideas will stress me out a lot. <laughs> and the others are just total gems. <laughs> But yeah, it, I'll I'll put out the details for the dog mom retreat. Um, Fifteen thousand dollars per person. All the money goes to me and Ruthie. Sorry, Julia. <laughs> I'm hanging up. I'm taking that Patreon account and I'm running. <laughs> uh, for those who actually do want to support this, though, you don't have to spend fifteen thousand dollars to support. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, rate our podcast so more people can find it. Leave a really nice review. Five paws if possible. Uh, And we also have a Patreon account if you want to support us being able to create more content about animals. And we appreciate you all tuning in. Till next time.